What's up and welcome to Shop Sounds, a woodworking podcast about nothing. With myself, Nick Key of Key Woodworks, Jason Hibbs of Bourbon Moth, and Keith Johnson, better known as KJ Sawdust. All three of us are on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. Fellas, this is episode two. We made it through one. Uh huh. We made it. Before we get started, can, can I regale you guys with a dream I had last night about this podcast? Wait, you, you're already dreaming about me? Oh, yeah. Well, that's the problem. Oh, no. So, so first off, I was working at NASA, which I think stems from the fact that my wife and I have been force-feeding ourselves this new Netflix show called Space Force <gasps> with Steve Carell. I don't know if you've heard of it. Oh, we yeah. just started. Uh, well, I'm already, already done with it. <laughs> I'm done with it. So I was working at NASA, and it was 9.04, and we were supposed to start recording at 9.00. So I texted you and said, can we make it 10 o'clock instead? And you guys said, fine. So somehow I got caught up in, you know, other NASA stuff. It's classified. 10.04 rolls around. And I texted you. I said, just do the show without me. I'm not going to be able to make it. So I run out of the building and realize my only mode of transportation was a plunge router. (laughs) Like I didn't have a car. (laughs) So this is where the woodworking comes into it. (laughs) But at that point, I realized I didn't have a helmet. I'm like, crap, I, I can't ride this router home. I got no helmet. It's against the law to ride without a helmet. Yeah. So I decided to... Were you thinking like like pogo stick? Like, how are you going to ride this thing? Uh, yeah, it was, I think it was on my router table, so it had wheels. Oh. Uh, I didn't know how I was going to steer it, but apparently I did. And so I made it home. And when I get home, like, let me grab a quick bite to eat before I hop on. And there's a pizza on the counter. Oh, it wasn't on the counter. I'm sorry. I open up the dishwasher for some reason, and in there is a pizza on the top rack. Now, apparently, my mother had been in town, and she had bought a pizza and spilled something on it and put it in the dishwasher to clean it. But it, uh-huh. it was still, you know, it looked pristine. It was nice and clean. The cheese wasn't all splattered all around. So I grabbed a slice, and I run upstairs, and you guys had flown in to do the podcast live, and we're ready to roll like wow. a wacky morning show. And then my cat woke me up and the dream was over. And here we are. That is a crazy dream. Whoa. It's obvious based on that dream, if I was to interpret mm, it, you're in love with your mother. Or pizza. This is an Oedipus complex dream. Have you tell me? This is not a... Mm. Maybe. <sighs> well, it's just heavy. interesting that it was your mom that put the pizza in the dishwasher. Usually my wife mm-hmm. puts the pizza mm-hmm. in the dishwasher, mm-hmm. but... Maybe we should just move on. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. That's an incredible dream though. That's that is Is that one of those dreams where you wake up dream. and you're like, did wait, did that actually happen? Well, I did check the driveway to see if my plunge router was parked out there and it wasn't. <laughs> so that's when I knew it wasn't real and breathed a sigh of relief. Mm, that's good. Do you ever have those dreams where you wake up and you're like, No, I I gotta finish it. I just wanna go back in. <laughs> oh yeah. But you just you, you can't go back. Yeah, in. I'm like, dude, you can't like resubmerge yourself. Hit the snooze. I need to finish this. Like, it was just mm-hmm. getting good. Yeah. No, nope, you can't ever do it. You can't ever go inception. back in. That's that's wild. It's it's difficult. All right, so you have extra mind power. I realized last episode because I briefly listened to it that um, we asked Keith what he wanted to be called, and he said KJ, and we called him Keith. So I just want to clarify: what do you prefer to be called? 
Well, I actually prefer to be referred to by my middle name, which is Caspian. Oh. Which Keith Caspian Sawdust. Which I know sounds Johnson's your last name. Which I know sounds sounds a little weird, but my Grandfather was Swedish, so I, I, I don't know. It was supposed to mean from the Caspian Sea, Caspian <laughs> name. But to be honest, I think because I came out so white that my they just named me Casper and then changed it to Caspian <laughs> to make it sound better. I don't know what it is, but All right. Caspian. All right. Okay, we're going to do it right this time. But Nick, I want to hear, I've, I've heard hints about a, a troll story. Yes. I want to talk trolls so, on this episode. I got a good troll going on right now, have, but I want to hear about yours. We have a new segment that we're going to bring into the, the podcast that we're calling. They see me trolling. They see me trolling. And I was actually the troll this week. So I don't know if you guys have gotten this email yet, but it's kind of circulating the woodworking community. It is an email asking for you to make them some bookshelves for their new house. And it's a scam. It's a straight up scam. And I know it from the wedding photography world where you get asked to do a family reunion photography session. And it's the exact thing. So basically, you get this email and they want you to uh, uh, photograph their family reunion except they're going to overpay you and want you to send the excess payment to the venue. And then, you know, some credit card fraud and this and that, and you get hit with the uh, charge back. And what you sent to the venue is actually out of your pocket. And the venue, air quotes, is the scammer. Right. Uh So in the woodworking world, how they've adapted this scam is they say, I want you to build me these bookshelves. And I'm, I'm going to pull up this email because I actually went 30, let's see, 33 emails deep with this guy. <laughs> because no, we, are, I, you saying, are you saying bookshelves or bookshelves? Yes. Shelves, as in two. All right. So he wants right. two All sets right. of bookshelves. Book, is it actually, is it bookshelves? Yes, with a V. Bookshelves. You sounded like you were saying it with an F. Well, if there's two of them, is it shelves? Yes. Yes. But if it's one, it's a bookshelf. Correct. Okay. English language Uh, is quite complicated. But if you have, it's only bookshelves if like the bookshelves go into the park. (laughs) The bookshelves having a beer. Okay. Like the, you know. (laughs) Huh. Okay. I'm not very great with the English language, even though that's my, <laughs> my main language. I digress. <laughs> or only. My only language. I, well, <laughs> me pequeño español. <laughs> oh. Muy. Regardless, his first email to me was, Hello, how are you doing? I need some help if you can make me a bookcase for my new house. How much will it cost and do you accept credit card? For payment, kindly get back to me ASAP. And mm-hmm. right off the bat, I'm like, yeah, this is a scam. I mean, yeah. right right away, red flag. So I just reply because actually I remember a buddy of mine on uh, another podcast, um, which is called uh, um, Another Woodshop, or Another Woodworking Podcast, or is it Another Woodshop Podcast? Do you guys know it? 
I think it's another woodworking podcast. That would make more sense. I, it might be woodshop podcast. It might be bookshelf. Bookshelf podcast. podcast? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Regardless, Daniel Dunlap, he posted that he got this email a couple weeks ago from the exact same guy. So I recognized mm-hmm. the name already. And it was like, I, I just straight up replied, so you still need bookcases, huh? That was it. <laughs> <laughs> and he replied and said, yes, please do provide me the total estimate cost for the bookcases of 47 and a half inches wide, 88.25 inches tall by 11 inches mm-hmm. in red oak for my house. All shelves. Oh, that's where you know it's yeah. a scam because of the red well, oak. Red oak. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and there right. wasn't nobody in, no. in their right mind is going to want red oak right. bookshelves. Well, that's ridiculous. He he knows that, and he follows it up later by saying, "Stained with ebony." So oh. somebody's told him nobody likes redwood or red oak. No, he knows you. This yeah, is what creepy. if he said he, India ink? I, if he had said India yeah, ink, he knows, a little bit. he knows you like dark things, so he's like, he's mm, researched right, you. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he goes into detail, you know, with the dimensions and says he wants half-inch oak plywood backs. Stained. How do you know it's a he? That's sexist. Well, his name is Myron. Mm. It's an equal opportunity business to be a scammer, so. Okay. They <laughs> want red oak bookshelves. <laughs> stained and sealed and he wants to know how much he emailed me that at 304 and at 307 I reply and said okay I just finished making them can you pick them up tonight or in the morning <laughs> <laughs> he replied uh, about two or three hours later and said I want them delivered so I said now wait I think I might have the dimensions wrong and is there any reason why you want solid wood instead of red oak plywood? He replied and said, I want solid wood because they will last longer and are stronger. Okay. So he mm. knows a thing or two about mm. woodworking. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. I replied and said, I bet you didn't know that plywood is stronger than solid wood and will last long too. And it's made out of wood. Right. He said, really? <laughs> will they last longer? I replied... They will last longer than you and I. Wow. Yeah. And he's, you guys have a relationship? Yeah. He said, oh, great. Please proceed with the estimate. I said, perfect. I can give you an estimate of about $37 per bookcase. He said, okay, fine. Is that for two bookcases? I replied, hold on. Let me get my pencil and paper and calculator. And then I put a long form math equation in the email that shows 37 plus 37 equals 188 and 34 cents. At any point during this, did you feel bad? I mean, here this no, guy, he's, he's just he's just trying to make a living, scamming innocent people. No. And, mm-hmm. and you come along and you're treating him like this. You don't feel any moral conviction about that. I felt bad 0% because <laughs> All right. if, if I could take his time that meant he wasn't scamming somebody else. Because the only reason mm. why these people scam people is because it works, right? It's got to work a little well, I bit. I would argue it's for the money, but yeah, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, that's why they're scamming people for money. So he asked if it's two for, the, for, for two bookshelves and if, it's that, if that price is the labor and materials. And I said, uh, 
oh, wait, that's just the, de- the design time. Let me rework the math. And I then put out a really long math problem of 37 plus 37 plus 49, 73 plus 5261 equals 478 and 32 cents. I said, wait, that's right. There we go. That's the total cost. That's my final answer. (laughs) He replied, he said, is that the total cost? I replied, oh, wait, that was for just one. Multiply that by two. The actual total is 934 and 32 cents. So now we're looking at a decent profit. This is all going to end with Nick finding out this wasn't a scam. This is some (laughs) innocent person wanting bookshelves. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yes. <laughs> this was actually a potential yeah, client. Yeah. This this is actually my parents. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said nope, that's for two. So the total is 934 and 32. That's my final answer. He replied, "Oh great. I'm comfortable with the total cost and ready for make ready to make a down payment for you to secure the work for me. Let me know how much the deposit is for you to make the work period and i replied i'm gonna need two times the total for the deposit and you're gonna get back an eighth upon delivery (laughs) will you be paying by check and he said okay fine i'll be paying with my credit card Mm -hmm. and that's when you know it's going to be the credit card scam so i said okay i'll take your credit card Give me your 34-digit credit card number here in this email, (laughs) and I'll email you a receipt. Don't worry. This is encrypted. No scammers will be able to get your info. (laughs) He said, okay, great. Put them at ease. Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Got to let them know it's all good. He said, okay, great. What is the name of the credit card merchant you will be using to charge my credit card through? I said, I'll be using Hexagon. They're a new company they spun off from Square. (laughs) He said, okay, great. I'm ready to give you my credit card info and proceed with payment. But I need you to do a little favor for me. Ooh. Here's the the hook. And I said, I will. I'll do you a favor, but I only talk favors after payments. Payments, then favors. It's industry standard. Right. That's true. Actually, that's yeah, in my in the policy. call girl industry. Absolutely. And then I said, but just give me a little hint as to what your favor is. And he said, I want you to send me an invoice of $6,134. And then once the funds are cleared into your account, I need you to forward $5,000 to the ex owner through a bank cash deposit to his account. You will hold $934 as payment and keep the $200 extra as tip for your stress and the credit card fees. I hope you understand me. Yeah, that makes sense, though. I mean, it really does. I mean, absolutely. So I said, I replied and said, okay, great. Let me get this straight. I'm going to invoice you for $720 or $7,000. Two hundred and thirty-four dollars. I'm gonna keep five thousand dollars for myself. Tip the owner two hundred dollars, and then you get all the credit card fees to stress about. Is that right? But wait, I don't think that adds up correctly. 
where'd all the other money go? <laughs> and then I haven't heard back from him. Mm. So he's uh, you lost him, man. And that was on the second. You lost him. He he, he, he got greedy. He jumped off. Yeah, that was literally yep. within probably an hour to two hours maximum going back and forth. That was all within two hours? Yes. Whoa, that was in wow. with like two hours. I take like a week to reply to an email. <laughs> well, I'm sitting at my desk all day, you know, usually editing video. So if I see an email come through, it doesn't take any time to just reply real quick. So we're hoping Especially that when your you're having fun with some, not listening some to scammer. This podcast and knowing what no, they really most definitely are not. Jesus is always listening. That's, well... My ultimate Touché. employer Touché. definitely knows. Yeah, Dude, good yeah. for you. I love messing around with scammers. One time I was in the shop working and I got this phone call and it was this guy and he's like, sir, I'm calling with some exciting news to let you know that you have won a brand new Ford truck. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And he's like, so we're going to ship this truck to you the only out-of-pocket expense to you is the shipping fee. It's $500, and the new truck will be delivered. And so, like, I held the phone away from my body a little bit, and I was like, Honey, you're not going to believe this. I just want a new truck. <laughs> and I did that for, like, a good three minutes, like, running around my shop screaming in excitement. And then I got back on the phone. I was like, Oh, man, I'm so stoked. This is amazing. And he's like, Sir, 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 calm down for a second. I was like, Yeah? He's like, I just spoke with my supervisor. You've won two trucks. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and then I started yelling at him and telling him he should be ashamed of himself, and he hung up. So That's crazy. Yeah. But you got to do whatever you can to stay entertained. I mean. Oh, that's nuts. Oh, man. Yeah. The other day, I got a phone call from my grandma, and she's like, Jason, are you in Mexico? And I was like, no. And she's like, okay, I just got a call from a guy that said he was you and you were in a Mexican prison and needed me to wire money. I was like, Grandma, what? you know better than this. <laughs> so we developed, me and my grandma, she's 93, we developed a code word. So if she gets a call from somebody and doesn't think it's me, she says the phrase, Tucson is burning. And if, if the person on the other end of the phone doesn't immediately say, call the fire department, then she knows mm. it's a scam. So, Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, we got to watch, out, that's watch out for grandma. So That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, man. Speaking of trolls, I saw one come across old uh, KJ's page talking about how your stuff is always an advertisement. Mm. Yeah, I kind of... Uh, he started in on because uh, I was using power tools and I, you know, he's like, use hand tools, show some skill. I was like, I really don't get any joy out of using all hand tools in my joinery or my woodworking. And it just ballooned and snowballed into this whole thing where everyone else jumped in. And I just, to be honest, I didn't even, after the third comment that I made, I just step, step back and watch it really, burn. I'm just not like you guys. I don't care. I don't want to get involved in this stuff and go back and forth and waste my time. Uh, it doesn't interest me to make to to go after these guys. So I don't even know what was said in the conversation after that. But to set the record straight, I mean, to to yes, I advertise woodpeckers on my page. They pay me to make a video and I post it. And if you look at all my other videos, I rarely tag 
anybody, and I purposely don't tag any companies in there because I don't want it to look like an advertisement. So I, I you know, I kind of take issue with that and offense to that because that's exactly what I try not to do. Uh, I mean, woodpeckers, you will see them on my feed. Um, I've worked for them for a while. I've been using their tools for 12 years, long before this woodworking Instagram community was even had kind of sprung up. So I'm not having yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to you're going to see a lot of red on my page. I've bought a lot and I've been given a lot and I've advertised a lot. And you're going to see Festool. I've bought all of those tools. Mm. You know, I've had my tracks off for 13 years, my router for 12. You know, I've I've had these tools for a long long time that didn't just appear in my I didn't do an Amazon ad to cart and the next day they were all here. Yeah. So, so I want you to take a moment right now because you sound you sound a little bitter about this situation. <laughs> yeah, and I want you to bit. imagine right now that that troll is with us on the podcast. Mm. What would you say to him, Keith? What would you say to that man? Wow, you're really putting me in a difficult position here. I'd probably ask him to go make me a cup of coffee and let's talk. Yeah. Let's sit down and and be real. Yeah. That's a good answer. See, that's kind of cuz you were like, "Oh, I don't like to go after these guys." And I don't like to I really don't. I don't like to go after them in the sense of like if they say something, I don't like to debate them and create this big long debate back and forth. I think that's pointless. It doesn't go anywhere. And most of the time, that's exactly what they're trying to do anyways, is just like draw you into this big long thing. What I like to do is kind of like bait them with nonsense and just kind of try and aggravate them any like even more than they already seem to be Mm. and so that's always been my tactic like i got this guy on youtube right now who made some comment about how was pouring concrete countertops and how they're going to fall apart and you should never do it that way and i have just been the most sarcastic like ridiculousness to him and he keeps trying to take it back to the concrete and i just like won't Mm. let it go there i keep like drawing him away like asking like dude so you're trapped on a desert island you get one book what would it be (laughs) and and then like he won't answer for a little while and i'm like i'd probably take harry potter i'm guessing you would probably take like a star wars spinoff or something like that and then finally he'll like get back to me and it's just it's fun to watch him get like madder and madder when he obviously was trying to make me mad to begin with. Yeah. That's my favorite part. I don't know why. Maybe it's like a sadistic side of me or something, but I just I get so much joy out of turning the table on the troll. Yeah. I think they get but, even more mad if you don't acknowledge what they're trying to poke the bear kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Or he called me. What did he, oh, he said, the way you're writing, you sound like a 13-year-old boy. And I was like, sir, I am 54. My 13-year-old boy can't even read and write. How dare you bring him into this? <laughs> oh, That's amazing. Just too, too much fun. It is too much fun. So um, apart from trolling yeah. and um, getting mad at Instagram comments, what are you guys up to in the old shop? Well, the modern Walnut Slab dining table is finished. I uh, just put the uh, finishing touches on that last night, and tomorrow i got to wrap it all up, and then it gets delivered on Saturday. So it'll be nice to have that out of the shop. Is it local? And then I can, uh, down on the Jersey Shore, I think it's like an hour and a half ride. Um, so we're going to load it up in the van tomorrow night, and then I think the 
the owner, the new owner is going to drive it down. And then tomorrow I'm going to drive, I'm not tomorrow, Saturday morning, I'll drive down, meet him and we'll unload it and get everything set up. Mm, awesome. And then I get started, uh, on the next one, which is, it's a walnut dining table as well, but the customer's supplying the top. It's like a granite top, but this one's going to have a ton of bent lamination. Uh, the, the base is not my design. It's something they found on Pinterest. It's not something I would ever build or suggest, but they like it. So like each, it's kind of like a pedestal, but each side is a half circle. So I need to hmm. do uh, four half circles, one on each leg kind of. And it's, so it's a lot of bent lamination. I can't, can't steam bend that. So I'm going to have to, which is why I got the bandsaw. So it'll be a lot of resawing, a lot of gluing. I'm going to have to make some forms, which I have a guy somewhat locally with a CNC. So I'll probably have him create the forms for me and cut the holes for clamps and all that. It's just going to be, I've done bent lamination before. I've done steam bending Mm -hmm. once, but this is a little, a little different because of the size and how many that I have to do. So should be interesting. Might make it for good content on uh, all my, all my mistakes. Yeah. Are you, um, the table you just finished, is that going to be a YouTube video? Yep, it, the YouTube video is all done except for the kind of final delivery, and then it's got to do the voiceover. So it'll probably come out next Saturday ish. It'll nice. be released if I Solid. if I uh, turn on the burners here. You're hitting the YouTube hard, man. I like it. I have a nice. Uh, I got a little resurgence there. I got a little little pep in my step with that. So it's been going going well, as yours has too. Yeah, really. Right, you hit. You hit forty, I hit twenty. So nice. we're we're rolling. Yeah, yeah don't, I think your trajectory is me. a little steeper than mine, but yeah, I hit forty today. It feels good. I feel like when can you start calling yourself a YouTuber? Is it forty? No, I think I think a hundred. Yeah, hundred. Okay, so I got a ways to yeah, go. Yeah, when you get that plaque in the mail or whatever it is that engraved, you get a plaque. Blast, yeah, you get a play you button. Get a YouTube. Uh, what? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's cool. yeah. What does it play? So there's your new motivation. Nothing. Well, I think each one's different. It's <laughs> <laughs> a surprise. Okay, cool. I can't wait. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Maybe in the next five years. Mm. We'll see. Oh, man. That's cool. So I'm working on... I'm actually doing some actual furniture now. I'm done with the tank. I moved past a few other things I had to get done. And I'm working on three different pieces right now. I got a little entry, uh, oak entry table. It's a round little table. Um, And then there's a little bathroom hutch, which, Nick, you'll appreciate this. It's going to be solid black on the outside. Yes. Oak (laughs) black. You'll be able to see the grain. And then the inside is going to be just clear coated. So it'll have some contrast glass doors. Is that Rubio? uh, Yeah, I I like to use the Rubio pre-color stuff. Um, Hmm. It's I really just, need to try that stuff. I like it because you can use the pre-color and then you can use the same color oil on top of it to fill in any of the you know spots that come off when you're doing your sand after mm, you kind of right. raise the grain and all that. So those ones are pretty simple. But then I have this dining room table that I'm a little... I don't know exactly how to do it. And I wanted to discuss it with you guys and get your opinions so I'm going to try mm. and describe to you the the design of this table. So it's going to be a white oak table. It's the top's 45 inches by 100 inches, so it's a pretty decent-sized top. Wow. Yeah. The base, 
on either side of the table, there's kind of two kind of like A-shaped base pieces. So they have legs that kind of come down, come out at an angle with like a cross brace connecting the two legs okay. on each side. Mm-hmm. Um, they're spheres. They're like round, not spheres, they're cylinders. They're round legs. Oh. Okay. Oh. So that's not that big a deal. I can turn those on the lathe. But then connecting those two legs, sitting on top of that little um, stretcher piece in between the legs, there's another stretcher that runs from leg to leg that's just one long cylinder that's hmm. about seven and a half feet long. Okay. And it's about two inches in diameter. Hmm. And I don't know exactly how I'm going to make that piece. I can't turn it on the lathe. It's way too long. Mm. I got a couple ideas in my head of how to do it, but I want to know if you were building this and had to build something that was that long, perfectly round, how would you do it? Mm. I would probably like source a stair building company. It's like a railing. Yeah, yeah it is like a railing. And I, I looked into that. That's my fallback plan. But I really want to okay. make it because I'm like, this is kind of a challenge. All right. Then what are we, if we're talking some kind of a, a jig, or if you're starting with square stock that you've glued up, or maybe you just have a solid piece of two by two, um, there's got to be some kind. I mean, I've seen people turn dowels on a router table. Yeah. My, hmm. So some kind of a you've jig where you're running dowels. That- like I've seen them turn dowels. I've seen them do it on the table saw too. That, um, yeah, that's my initial thought. I was thinking of, of more of like a, but it's an like, easy swan type It's almost type seven jig. feet. It's almost seven feet long is the thing. And that's a long piece of material to keep at the right level. Well, you'd have to make a jig, some kind of, but. I thought originally I was like, oh, well, I could use like, I could just get a big old round over bit on the router and just do it on all four sides. But the problem with that is you get three sides done and you get to your last side and you don't have like a you reference. You got nothing for the bearing to write on. Yeah, so then it's off. It's not going to be perfectly round. Then my other idea was to basically create a jig where I could take a solid two by two piece of square stock and suspend it, kind of like it would be suspended on a lathe. Um, from each point and then put a crank on one end. So when I turn the crank, the entire thing spins. Yeah. And then hovering above that, I do this whole jig out of plywood, basically do a router sled that runs the entire length of the thing. And so as I spin the piece, I could bring the router along it and just slowly spin it and run the router down the entire thing. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at right now. I was I That's was, a lot that's a big contraption to build for one piece. I immediately mm, thought yeah. of Izzy Swan how he does all of his stuff on the table saw where he attaches a drill to square stock and then will turn it on the table saw. Have yeah. you seen him do that stuff? Yeah, no, I've seen that, but again the problem is it's 7 feet so it's, right. you can't be holding one end as right. well and then you got to have something to brace it up and since it's square it's not going to want to spin any way it's really I don't know. Yeah. Now, what about because DFM Toolworks makes a dowel plate? If you have them make a two-inch one, and you just <laughs> uh, hammer yeah. that thing through, so maybe I could put a. I could get a. Plate you end up with a pole vault. Mount, mount a plate on the front of my truck. Right, and just drive it. Just push plate, exactly. and then mm-hmm. I could just do the whole thing. That that's a good idea right there, huh? That has virality written all over. It'd be it. really strong. 
And then my final idea is just to take a two-inch piece of stock, throw it in the ocean. <laughs> you know, like sea glass eventually it becomes like round. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. It gets beat up in and a couple yeah, thousand years. It'll it be in ready. A couple years. Yeah. And then it'll be ready to go. Hmm. Or if you just harvest a tree that is two inches diameter, oh, debark oh, de- it. Okay, hmm. see. That's right. I mean, it'll be a little green. It might move on you. You guys have been pretty much no help at all. But, <laughs> yeah. You know, I appreciate it. Right now, I'm leaning surprise. towards the router sled contraption. But like I said, my fallback is going to be just to order a piece pre-made. Because I did find a company where I can order it. But Yeah. Seems like cheating a little bit. I don't know. Mm. Let's we'll nah. see. You got to do what you got to do. Gotta now, are you going to have a round stretcher that connects? Like on the end where you have your A-frame legs, is there going to be a round stretcher that connects those two legs together uh-huh. as well? Like is yeah, everything the, round? Everything's round. And the way it's designed on the design is that round stretcher um, that connects the two legs together then this longer piece sits on top of that, but it's kind of like got a half circle cut out on that and a half circle mm-hmm. cut out on the stretcher. So they kind of like, you know, half lap a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it overhangs the stretcher by about four or five inches on either side. So it's very Scandinavian looking. But mm. the yeah. picture they showed me <clears throat> is of a table that's probably 36 inches by six feet. And then I have to scale this up to 45 by 100. And they really want the legs to be super slim. But I'm like, you have a solid oak top on this thing. It's it's going to be be huge. There's only so slim we can go and still have this thing not like bow in the middle and all that jazz. So still figuring it out. Well, what's the support structure or aprons? Well, I mean, see, that's the thing is the picture they sent me, there is no apron. Each, oh, wow. leg, each leg set on either side, they're just basically hooked to a piece of like six-quarter stock up underneath that's rounded over and then just hooked to the bottom of the table. There's nothing connecting wow. the legs in the middle, which I don't think I can get away with if the table being this Not long. Not for that long. Yeah, that's yeah. Long I'm going to have to do some sort of apron. So anyways, this is the joy of clients showing you a picture and not understanding... Um, the woodworking aspect behind it, but right. Mm. Man. We'll see. We'll, well see. that'll be interesting to watch. Yeah. If I go the router sled contraption route, I'll try and do a YouTube video on it, but there's a good chance you won't see that video because the whole thing will fall apart in the middle of it. <laughs> and I end up ordering a piece. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. How not to. <laughs> yeah. 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 Epic. I'll just do an epic fail reel, and that'll be part of it. I should just start saving all my fails for that fail reel because those do really good on YouTube. So. Yeah, they really do. Oh, people love it. Fail yeah. army. I already got the one of dropping the vanity off the workbench, so <laughs> that, oh. that's my favorite. I got a good list going. Mm. You guys have any other uh, screw ups in the shop this week? Mm. I didn't screw up, but thankfully, everything on that base has gone. Amazingly, it looks good. I saw yeah, it on your dies looking your, good. Yeah. yeah. So as it currently sits, I've got three coats of clear on it, and I plan to get some more on it this afternoon. But I just didn't have any time. Some things came up, and shop time was just not there. But I got the uh, leather die in early. I guess it was well, actually, it was at the end of last week, and got it on 
initially and was kind of apprehensive because when I first put it on, that leather dye is the darkest dye I've ever like used on wood. Like when I mean black, it soaked in completely black. Like, have you ever put on a finish and been like, this isn't as advertised. Like it's, this mm-hmm. isn't black. It was you mean like every finish out there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Pretty much every finish you've ever used. <laughs> like this is not dark walnut. This is light walnut yeah. or not even walnut. But provincial. But when they said jet black, like they meant jet black. Cause I put it on the wood on the back to start because I wanted to start on the back side of the base in case I didn't like it and I could sand it off or whatever. But I put it on the back and it was just soaked in and turned so rich. And I just kept going. I put on one coat and then followed up with a second coat and it looked beautiful. Flipped it over, put it on the front on the on the face, and that uh, flame maple soaked it in so nice. And I was like, this is just perfect. I couldn't believe how well it went for the first time. Did it the raise the, the grain up at all? It did a little bit. And thankfully, I was planning on re-dyeing it. So when I, when I initially dyed it all black, I came back and hit it with 400 grit. And I used uh, Merca's Abernet with... Um, my dust extractor, so it sucked all of that uh, dye and everything out at, as I was sanding off that stuff, and it, you could see that that flame just come to life, and it didn't like soak, or it didn't it didn't sand off all of the the dye, so there was just a little bit of pigment left in that hardwood of the flame, and then after uh, I sanded the top off, I came back with trans tint. And diluted it um, about fifty percent with diluted water, and re-dyed the top again um, with transient jet black, and that made it more silvery. So it then dyed what I had sanded off to more silver, but it darkened the black even more that was already there. So it looked just crazy good, and I couldn't get a really good picture of it. Even with you know my photography background, I was like, this this is just one of those things like it just does not look as good on film as it does in person. That's like, what I tell everybody whenever I post something. Just I, right, to, that's to the, cover myself. That is yeah. the best excuse. I swear, like, I swear, I way better. are perfectly so tight in real better. life. It looks great. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I even sent I sent a picture to my uh, the the my boss's boss. Uh, the owner of the base, and I was like, I can't tell you how much better this looks in person than this this photo. And the next day, he was like, Hey, can I come come look at it? <laughs> so because <laughs> it looks like crap in this right. Photo. No, he was he was like, oh, Well, if you say that, I'm gonna come look. What did you do to my? Base? No, I want to come look. But he came over and looked at it and was like, Yeah, that looks phenomenal. And I was I was just like, That's all I needed to hear. Like you saying it looks great was so. How many coats total are you gonna put on there? I'm gonna shoot for ten because I'm going really mm-hmm. thin. Because mm-hmm. I I'm trying to avoid any kind of orange peel. Um, because mm-hmm. with guitars you want them to lay flat, but the trick is you have that that flat surface, and when I'm spraying a water based uh, polyurethane, I'm using General Finishes uh, Enduro Clear Poly. 
and mm-hmm. it is a, an incredible spray poly. But what I'm finding is that if you thin it and then you spray it, it almost atomizes and dries before it hits the surface of the guitar. So it lays not as uh, even as if you were doing like a tabletop that you could put it on a lot thicker. Mm. How much are you thinning it? I'm thinning it 5% by volume. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. not it's it's the least amount yeah, that fine. they're recommending. I don't want to go any more of that because then no. I need to put on like 20 coats and I who's got time for that? So I'm doing it 5% by volume and I'm using uh distilled water to to thin it, which is what they recommend. I probably should be using their extender which would mm. uh allow a longer dry time so that I wouldn't have to worry about hitting that orange peel and I could just spray it let it rip, you know, 45 to an hour and then, you know, light sand, spray another coat. But as of now, what I've been running into is because I'm not using that extender, it is atomizing right before um, or and, and drying right before it hits the surface. And I am getting mm-hmm. just a little bit of that orange peel effect every coat. And I'm not really worried about it right now because when I build it up to 10 coats, then I'll be able to level sand and I'll have enough material on the surface that I can bring it down to an evil, even level surface and then buff it out. The only thing that I'm kind of worried about is once I get to that last uh, level sand, like when I start trying to clean it up and buff it out, I don't want to give it too much sheen. And if I like, add anything to buff it, it's going to just raise that sheen up. I don't really want to do that because he wants a satin finish. So I'm kind of worried that I'm going to run into that issue once I get finished with shooting all these, all these coats that, you know, it's, it's going to kind of need that buffing to, to help out that orange peel. But I mean, as, as it sits now, it looks amazing. I, I'm like over the moon happy with how it looks. The, the the flame on it looks awesome, the color looks great. Um, there, I I will say, I didn't realize how fragile the edges of the guitar were when you spray. So my initial sanding, I actually cut the edge a little bit on on a couple spots, but luckily it's the spots where the um, pickups will go. So you won't uh, see them. But, I don't know what that is, but that sounds like a yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't if you don't know what I mean, uh, where the pickups are sitting is right in the center of the base, and they'll be a little bit proud of the opening, so they'll sit just a little bit larger. They'll have a cover over them so that they don't uh, okay they don't show the edge, but. Just me hitting those center parts, I was like, oh, wow, this the edges of these are a lot more fragile than I'm used to when I'm shooting like a large table, you know, like a large flat surface that gets really good, you know, good coverage when you're spraying. So just like everything I'm doing with this thing has been like a learning experience. And it's been one of those things where I'm like, 
well, do I know what I'm doing here? Hold on. Let me go watch some YouTube videos. Let me go read some articles. Hmm. Let me go call somebody. Let me go DM some other makers that do guitars on a regular basis and be like, am I even in the ballpark here? Because I feel like I don't know what I'm doing because it's so different. Well, you sound like you know what you're doing. I hope I sound like I know. I I really hope I sound like I know what I'm doing because I've spent like the past week just diving in headfirst into guitar making. And it's something that I didn't think that I would be doing. I mean, at this point, I've always wanted to make myself a bass, but then somebody handing me this body and saying, stain it and finish it. And it being so amazing to start, I'm like, geez, Mm. how about I start off with something that doesn't matter? (laughs) But Mm. (laughs) I mean, so far I would try to, I would, I would pick up some of that extender because the extender is going to help it level out and not dry as fast. Yeah. So you may not get that orange peel. I mean, I always, whenever I'm spraying water base, whether it's paint, latex paint, or that general finishes, which is what I prefer to use as well, I always thin it with a little bit of water. And I don't, I don't usually use their extender. Um, Benjamin Moore has one. Oh, really? And then there's, um, I forget the name of the other one. Um, but any one of those extenders will sure, help Williams give you one. more open time. Yeah. And and let it level out a little bit more before it dries. Yeah. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's or what... Or you could do what I do, and I just have somebody else do my spraying for me. <laughs> right. Mm. <laughs> and then you don't have to worry about anything. Literally, all you would have done in this whole process would be put the black on and then hand it off. And right. hand it off. That would have been so funny if I had subbed out the subcontract. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Floetrol. Floetrol is the name of the the other stuff that is I Is that what well, you can you to, can uh, use that in water base? Mhm. Wow. Yeah, that, there might be two different kinds. There might be one for uh water base and one for oil base. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> Not sure. Right. I I've, I've used that, that in oil based really stuff. I didn't know help. they made one for for water base. My um my grandpa's got prostate issues, and he takes Floetrol. <laughs> mm. Any side effects? No, I think it works great for him. No? Yeah. So, wow. Steady yeah. stream. I, I should ask, talk to my doctor about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Steady stream. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He doesn't take Floetrol. He's dead. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel better. Uh, what a relief. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So you... <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> wow. Anyways, yeah. So I, it, all that to say, I've I've actually been really happy with the progress, and I plan on finishing it up tomorrow. Getting say I if if my head is right on my schedule, I will be able to put at least five or six more coats on tomorrow which would then put me into Saturday doing the final coat and figuring out how best to buff it out and uh, do a hand rub finish on it, which, by the way, I could ask you guys, how should I finish out the satin finish on this to uh, deliver it? Like, what what's the best way to keep it satin without, you know, like, hand buffing it? Uh, I've never done anything to one of those water-based polys except hit it with a paper bag. Yeah. 
or to like kind of break down the last zero mix. zero 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 steel wool. Yeah, I mean, unless you were planning on waxing it, but I didn't. Well, think you were going to do that? I might. Like, I, I, I might actually want to put some paste wax on and buff it in and buff that off, just to raise the sheen just a little bit. Do you have a bench grinder? No, I don't. <laughs> Well, no, because you can get the like buffing wheels to put on the bench grinder, yeah. right? And then if you did like a hot wax, you just put it on the buffing wheel, and then you know, right? I've never done that on a guitar, but when I used to make pipes, that's how I'd wax all my pipes, and it works really good. Sure, I've seen a lot of videos with guitar makers that will use bench grinders and turn them in with like gigantic buffing wheels. Yeah, yeah, and then you can just kind of like pass it back and forth, and as it heats right. up because of the friction, it heats the wax up and coats it really nice. But they're also doing like a really high gloss finish to uh, get that mirror finish. Gloss. Yeah, and see that's if you don't want it glossy up. at all, I would stay away from the wax because I don't yeah. know how you're gonna do wax and not have it be glossy. Right. Well, in like everything I've done before with satin finishes, I usually will finish it with a paste wax and just do like a hand rub. A steel wool paste wax finish where you buff in basically the, the paste wax with the steel wool. And it doesn't really raise the sheen a ton, but it gives it that extra layer of protection and just a little bit more sheen than satin. But I don't know if I should do that with the guitar. No idea. <laughs> right. I'm not even no sure what a guitar is, <laughs> but it's like a it's like I'm a didgeridoo, right? But with strings, it's a harmonica okay. with with strings. Mm. I thought it was pronounced guitar, but in the south, <laughs> okay, right. Well, isn't that you're using a satin sheen, right, on your general finishes? Yeah, the the clear Enduro poly bar? is a satin sheen. And it looks... I don't think that wax is going to bring it up. You think it will bring I mean, it up a lot? It on a li- I don't. You don't I think don't it will? All. He's basically saying, mm. don't listen to Jason. He yes. doesn't know what he's talking about. The only reference I'm going from is when I made pipes, and that's a completely different type of wax. I think it's Carnuba wax, and um, mm. it's oh. on the buffing wheel. It gets really hot. It gets really shiny. I don't know about rubbing paste wax on a guitar. Yeah. It could be different. Hmm. Something to ponder. Keith, you, Do you have a test piece that you put that finish on the the die on. You did it on a test piece. Yeah, I you know I could get that test piece out. I'll just and use that. Use that and, and see how that does. I could probably shoot mm. that tomorrow. Let that cure out and then and see how that does with some paste wax on it. That's a great idea. Thank you. Well, wow. leave it to Keith to use common sense. Yeah, even though the All old right. are frail and somewhat useless. <laughs> <laughs> It's all about prototyping. Yeah. The, and doing extra work. I should have asked the king of prototyping. I don't know what I was mm-hmm. thinking. Are are you now yeah. is it your new thing to build a miniature version of every piece you do? Is that like your thing? No. <laughs> no, it just happened to be like two in a row I did that just <laughs> for proportions. Are you it's selling funny on the, the miniatures? The the last one I did, the, oh, that's awesome. the guy who I built the table for asked for it because he wants to use it for his business card. That's amazing. Ah. So, I said, so I said, absolutely. So I actually had to go back and refinish the top because I just kind of put some Rubio white on there. So I went back and actually painted it and then 
put a coat of finish on top so it was a little more representative of the marble top. I was going to actually kind of make it look marbly with some You should some paint, get but I was like, like a dentist drill and then convert the tip to hold like a tiny little sanding disc. <laughs> you know, like mini tools for your mini furniture. Uh, or if you guys have seen that Barbie Workshop account That's amazing. Online, oh, could, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I can ask them... I can subcontract it to them to make my miniatures. Mm, or Perfect. And it'll all be by hand. Or you could no just power. admit to everyone that you're behind the Barbie's workshop. Oh, my God. Well, we all know that's not true. That's, his, that's Keith's troll account. <laughs> I don't work with, with hand tools like that. Oh, man. That, that Barbie doll handles a handsaw better than... She could cut a better dovetail than me. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you want to hear about my frustrating day today? Let's hear it. All right. So, yesterday... I was going to get started on these pieces I was telling you about. I was going to start with the entry table first because it's the smallest. I was just going to knock it out, get it out of the way. It's really not that complicated. It's got like a basically a base that looks like a elongated plus sign. It's just two big pieces that are going to be kind of like, you know, half lapped and hooked together with a round top. Pretty simple. Okay. And so I went to my wood supplier. They always have an ample supply of white oak. I was going to use six quarter. I went in there. No six-quarter white oak in the entire thing. And I really wanted to get started this week. So I talked to them, but their supplier is just up in Portland, which is an hour away. They're like, we'll get it here. It'll be here first thing in the morning. We'll give you a call. So I was dropping my son off at a friend's house this morning, and I get a call. Your wood's here. So I drove out to the wood supplier, which is like half an hour from my house. That's a long ways for me, probably not for other people. But I'm like, half an hour. I don't want to drive half an hour. Anyways, I drove out there. It's still all on the skid there, so they're like, you know, undoing the skid, and I'm taking it off, and I start to load. I load the first piece into my truck, and I get it out in the sunlight, and I'm like, this white oak looks suspiciously red to me. And so I started Mm -hmm. looking at the end grain, and I'm like, this is not white oak. This is red oak. And so they looked at their... What'd you tell Myron? Myron? (laughs) Well, it could be good for his bookshelf, but anyways, so they looked at their paperwork and they ordered all red oak. And so now they're like, oh, well, we can order it, but it'll be here tomorrow. So now I've basically sat around for two days not being able to get started on this project. And all these pieces are white oak, so I can't do any of them until I get wood. So now it's supposed to be here tomorrow, but I was taking the day off tomorrow because my son, um, the family we usually you know, pawn him off on so we can get work done is going to be gone. So I got to watch my son tomorrow. So I can't work tomorrow. So now it's not Monday. So this week's been a bust. Ouch. I'm, I'm just thinking of the celebration at that uh, lumber yard where they ordered the red oak from when the order for red oak came yeah, in. Like, oh my <laughs> gosh. Like, what are you? We're finally getting this off the lot. Back it up. Yeah. They probably were just hoping like, Hey, you know, maybe this. Maybe is, he won't notice. Maybe they won't notice. You know, and it de- it really depends. A lot of the time, you can tell a difference, but sometimes I've seen some red oak that it's hard to tell the difference. It really it's just is slightly pinker. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's yeah, very difficult yeah. to but tell. But you can always light. tell in the end grain because white oak's water got that test. really, really closed off end grain, and red oak's got all those air bubbles. Yeah, popping yep, out. Yeah, you can put it in water if it soaks it up. It's red oak. Yeah, yeah. So. Anywho, what a bummer. I have a hard time around here, believe it or not, with the amount of building and everything else that goes on in Jersey. Like, getting white oak is extremely difficult. There's only one lumber yard that has it, and they wherever they get it from, it's like they they're, they steam dry it in the kiln, so it has, it's yellowy. It, it doesn't look anything like I see what you guys using. Really? On Instagram. Hmm. 
Yeah, we it's got completely different. In Oregon, we have ample supplies of walnut and white oak, thankfully, which is, you know, that's just what everybody, all my clients right now, they either want walnut or white oak, walnut or white oak. And right, right now it's the same. mostly white oak. I do almost everything in white oak because that's just what people want. Mm-hmm. Wow. But you use a lot of different colors on your white oak too, like with from the black. Yeah, yeah. My favorite to work with, and I, gosh, I wish more people wanted to work with it, is the rifts on white oak because I just Ooh. think that looks fantastic. I love the grain and the rifts on, but it's Absolutely. more expensive and a little more modern looking, I guess. And most people just don't really care. So they don't care or even have an idea what it is. Yeah, what it is. So Do I have a hard time like working with non-rift or quarter song because with all those big knots i'm like man I, you know trying to situate like i try to cut them all out but like that seems to be the character that that people want and that's in the regular yeah white oak that you, you know guys are using. we must just have huge white oak trees in oregon because i don't get a ton of knots in my white oak a lot of them are pretty i mean i guess what you small would call clear uh, but yeah hmm. so. i guess it depends on the grade whatever it is but yeah for sure but next week, next week I'm gonna really start gonna start building stuff. But the problem is, I got this um, order for these three pieces. It's going in a new build house. I got it in January, but they didn't need them until first week of July. And so I didn't mm. want to build them too soon and then not have any place to put them. So I put it off. Well, now it's kind of crunch time because I gotta get yeah. them done. And that's why I really wanted to get started on it this week. So I'm just gonna have to kick it into high gear because I'm gonna have about three weeks to get them done. So, you can do it. Pedal to the metal. I do good under pressure, so we'll see. But on the (laughs) note of my um, my child, my son, I actually have to bail off because it's bedtime. I got to go put that little guy to bed. So, yeah, man, bedtime for me too. It's getting night. So, as we wrap up this episode, we want to thank everybody for tuning in, and want to remind everybody that we are on all the podcasting platforms. But we would love. If you go over to the Apple iTunes podcasting app and leave us a review, a five-star review, and then type something out nice, and we will read Mm -hmm. it, and we will appreciate it, and maybe we will even read it on the show. Who knows? One one will never know. (laughs) But we will definitely not read it if you don't write it. And I just want to say... On the um, theme of being nice, I know that uh, this is a woodworking podcast. We never want to get too political or anything like that, but I just want to take a moment and say, you guys that are listening, our country right now is in absolute chaos. There's a lot of different stuff happening. I'm not going to get too political here, but I just want to say, if you have an opportunity in this next week to love on somebody in your area, especially the black community, take that opportunity. They need our love and support right now more than anything else. So find a way to do that and just spread some joy. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. All right. See you guys. All right, gentlemen. All right. See you guys. We will see you on the next one. See you.